Welcome to Weed Week. I'm Alex Halperin. And I'm Donnell Alexander. This is the Weed Week podcast. You can subscribe to our free newsletters at weedweek.net, and you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Weed Week News. This week, we have an interview with Cannabis Kitchen activists, Alex and Marcus, and Donnie's going to tell you what who they are. Well, what they are. <laughs> yeah, they came to my attention last year around Thanksgiving because there was an event with the, uh, the Munchie Movement and uh, Weed for Warriors, all these people in the East Bay who are very much involved in activism. Uh, Munchie the Munchie Mo- Movement? Munchie Movement was giving homeless people free weed because homeless people need weed, mm. perhaps more than us. Yeah. Beyond that, I, I really developed an interest in them. I We had on our first Patreon episode, which you should really be checking out, it's going to be the Patreon episode with Mr. Dabba Hashery from 420 Blackbirds. It's an interesting movement, a collective, but also interacts with a lot of the uh, pot elite and the political players in Oakland. And can you remind us how, how they can access our, our Patreon episodes? It's patreon.com backslash weedweed. Yeah, and for $2 a month, you get access to one extra podcast yeah, a month. We just wove that in there so Some cool easy. swag. Yeah. We try to make it look effortless. But um, you're going to hear these people talk not just about their activism, but what they do in the kitchen. Marcus is a very, very talented chef. I saw, I, I actually got the urge to check him out again when I saw a picture of him in Common on social media. And Common remembered him, I feel like, for some food-oriented thing. But he talks about food in a way that you're probably not going to hear in a lot of podcasts. I really enjoyed it. You can hear the joy and uh, maybe a couple glasses of wine in my questionnaire. <laughs> cool. But first, we just want to bring up this this one issue of um, a, a guy in Wisconsin has been deported. A Cambodian man who's born in Cambodia and came to America as a toddler, as a fairly large number of Cambodians did um, to escape the the wars in their in their country in the in the seventies. So in in twenty fourteen, he was involved in a fairly small time uh, cannabis smuggling operation. He was busted, but then a couple of years later, in 2017, he called his wife in Wisconsin. He was he was in custody, and he said he wasn't going to be able to leave, and he he was being sent back to Cambodia, and that's where he is now. He's living in Phnom Penh, the, yeah. the Cambodian capital. You know, this is a the story where we forget sometimes cannabis is not free or for everybody. It's not legal, and. Your story has someone who came here at the age of three. So does mine. Um, this woman in Echo Park, where we recorded until very recently, she uh, was picked up by ICE on the 21st of July, allegedly because of a, a I shouldn't say allegedly, but her family believes it's because of a uh, conviction she had in her 20s. She's older now, and um, that that's the cause for ICE coming to pick her up. The video that KCBS has shows neighbors asking for documents from the police, some sort of uh, proof that she's supposed to be up, picked up, and I showed nothing. It's, um, yeah, it's funny because we have these guests here who are sort of op- operating in the gray area of cannabis and doing some good, doing some activist stuff, but when you really see what's going on with the, the gray area, you can um, find the unexpected stuff, but you have to want to see it. Yeah, you know, the lawyers cited in this story put out by the AP, but also... You're talking about the Wisconsin story. Yeah, through a a, non, a journalism organization called Wisconsin Watch. And basically saying, if you are not a citizen, cannabis is not something you want to be messing with. Because yeah. right now they are really eager to do this and, and ruin people's lives for, for really no apparent reason. Okay, and I'm going to pick you up a little bit here because 
one of the great things I love about cannabis is we do activist things in a joyous way. And we're, you're going to hear from some people who actually are making change and it doesn't have to be a bummer. And it does go toward educating and getting the populace involved. So I think we should probably stop talking about this and have these people talk. Okay, well, here's Alex and Marcus. And be careful out there. He ain't heaven. We have hosted parties, private events, like everything that we've done up to this point, let me just say, has been a private experience. Mm -hmm. It has been requested of us. Um, What do those look like? You know, we were at Spirit House on New Year's. We provided um, drinks and, and, you know, small bites for people um, at the party, just kind of contributing to the uh, craziness that was happening. Anything interesting coming up? Yeah, we uh, we have a uh, actually we're gonna be doing a harvest party for Humboldt's finest. Really? Um, so what does that look like? Are you doing it up in Humboldt? The brand is coming down here. About to. So no, we're yeah we're gonna do it up on one of our farms, and and it's not fully realized yet. But we are um, essentially going to provide kind of a family style food experience. Um, we're going to try out some, some new dishes that, you know, I'm sure Marcus can, can speak to a little Mm -hmm. bit more. And, um, we're going to provide some infused drinks. It's going to be hot out there. So we're going to have a really nice, we do this amazing, like frozen cannabis cocktail, we'll call it. Um, and it's done in this dry ice bowl, which, you know, bubbles and smokes and has this crazy, you know, alchemistic effect. Yeah. How do you how do you come up with the stuff? Are you well, is there a circuit where you're trading? Get recipes? up in the lab and we go to work. No, man. I we mean, have fun with exactly. It. We get up, we get in the lab and we do stuff. But also, um, you're dealing with professionals here. When you're in the food biz and you're really in the food biz, you know, my job is to go to the best restaurant in San Francisco and go in their kitchen in their restaurant and see what they're doing and this, that, and the third, and then develop my own mindset as to how I can do and, and execute. I am in charge of an operation where we feed thousands of people in big numbers and all this other stuff. So it's like, yeah, we come up, this is, this is what we do. And Alex is the guy when it comes to the cannabis industry. So we put our minds together as two professionals to figure out what it is that's going to capture our audience and our guests. And um, that's the fun part, you know, is, is, is figuring out, you know, what's new and what's trendy and what's cool and, like, how can we ourselves pull this off? Another thing that we're working on right now is um, bringing our experience to kind of the corporate level in the sense of there are very big corporations who have very big parties, for a lot of people. And during Christmas time, you might get 6,000 people from one department of a very big tech company that will come to an event. The whole thing that we're trying to do right now and that we're not trying to do, but that we are doing is bringing our experience on a cannabis level, on a legal level to these companies because they want it. They want it. And, and I'm going to tell you right now, I had... Very big conversations with some very big people in the music industry today are like, well, why are we not doing this? Well, because the laws don't exist. 
And they're like, well, if the laws don't exist, let's just not tape it. <laughs> let's just not publicize it. It is a fascinating time to be alive, isn't it? Yeah, isn't let's it? just let's just keep it under the table. Well, can we do it for the artist? The artist's already doing it. The the executives are already doing it. People are already having this experience. It's happening. The government hasn't caught up yet. And, and just to give you a little better idea of how, you know, something like that's put together, you know, it's it there's simple ways to, you know, to have this type of a an event where you know it's not going outside of what's what we can do which is you know it's it's you know personal product you know brought into a private space and being used in a way where we're not we're not taking people's money we're not asking people for their money you know we're not saying this is going to cost you this amount right so we're not we're not doing a transaction we're not you know we're not doing anything that the state is going to say hey you know, you guys are, you know, selling product. Or this is not this. for public you consumption. Know, this is not public consumption. This is people taking personal product and, you know, wanting it to be presented back to them in a way that is groundbreaking or pushing an envelope that, you know, they just haven't been able to get to yet. Yeah. Um, and another important part that, you know, I haven't mentioned yet, but I think this is important to understanding the experiences. You know, when we when we put together our menus, when we create the you know experience and thinking about, you know, how is someone going to, for instance, get through like six courses of food? Right. We are focused on micro dosing and we are focused on mainly a flavor centric experience. So that's, that's why, you know, the terpenes are, you know, to me, that's the key to everything. The cannabis plant can have an insane array of terpenes in it. And so when you're able to isolate that and then introduce it into food it does a very good job of you know creating a a a good feeling for people like i don't want anyone if i will personally consider it a failure if we hosted an event and somebody had too much or they felt Mm -hmm. like they weren't enjoying themselves and said hey uh you know i'm right now this is too much for me i can't do like what do i do that that to me would be a failure because then I didn't think about how are we, you know, how is this being presented to them? How, you know, how are we spacing out the, you know, the different doses that they're taking and you know, we must be doing too much. Um, one of my good friends who was at our first dinner, she told me, yeah, like I'll come. But I mean, five milligrams will set me on my ass. So I'm just telling you right now, like I probably won't eat. And I had to like explain to her, like, I promise you, like we are, you know, this is. It is very important for us for this to be something that all every anyone can enjoy at the table. And so we are, you know, curating this in a way that, you know, you you will, you know, be able to go through this entire experience the same way that someone who has a tolerance to eat ten brownies in a sitting, you know, would be able to do. And and it was it was successful in that way where everyone felt good. Exactly. It's just like alcohol. Like I my biggest you drink too much, you're gonna be fucked up. You you might say something, you might do something, you can't remember anything, you know, you didn't have too many shots. But you ever go to a good meal and like sit down and the food's coming out great and you're having a good glass of wine and you're drinking responsibly and every single thing that you eat is paired with something that is not going to take you over the edge. That is kind of our whole approach. We are not in this business to get you fucked up. Right. We're going to let other people do that. <laughs> These cooking parties that happen on a private level, how hot are they right now? 
the uh the state and on a bigger scale obviously the the you know the federal government has a lot of work to do right of course the state itself is starting to figure out but they haven't figured out yet how to regulate and tax that system right now they're just trying to wrap their themselves around a simple you know commodity system where product is in a store and people go and buy it and yes that's very easy for them to tax and control and know exactly what's going on right now it's all about control right and things that they can't control they're either not making legislation around it or they're just calling it you know illegal it's very black and white but there are some you know there's some areas that still are yet to be defined and what we want to do is help to pioneer and show how things can be done in a safe and very controlled way that is beneficial and can bring revenue for the state and and do it in a way that is also you know revolutionizing what the social experience is going to be for people mm-hmm. in the near future. But you're talking largely about consumption spaces, right? Yes, we're talking about consumption. I live in West Hollywood, one of the first places that actually have the go-ahead to make a move. Is it a problem that this sort of experiences you guys are providing remain underground? Um, I think for us to be where we want to go, we are not mainstream. Mm-hmm. And I, I never want to mm-hmm. be mainstream. Yeah. Counterculture is something that has always been something that I wear proudly on my chest because in my professional world, in his professional world, we are mainstream. But for what we do in love, we only wanted to get we only want to give it to the people who can appreciate it. So this is not for everybody. You know, I don't want to be in Whole Foods. I don't want to be in every Lucky's and, you know, giant food stores and Safeways across the world. I want to affect real people. And I really feel like kind of our mission is um, change happens on a very simple level. It's sitting across from the person that you want change to happen with Mm -hmm. and having a real conversation with them. And I think that's what we're going for. I do parties for thousands of people. I've cooked for every major tech owner out there. I've been in Facebook guy's house. I've been in Google guy's house. I've been on their yachts. I have cooked for all of them. But what we're trying to do is not necessarily the mainstream. We want to touch those kind of people, but in a way where they can relate to people like Alex and I, because we are still real people. And we have things that we have to say that in a board meeting will not be understood. But when we're having a couple glasses of wine, and we're sitting sharing a meal, and we're all talking, and everybody's comfortable. I think that agenda can be pushed further than just like, you know, read my motto on my Beyond Burger. <laughs> Do you? Uh, there's not a. Um, that's that's not a dig either. I love pe- the people want to <laughs> enjoy themselves, right? Yeah, right? People people throw parties for themselves all the time, mm-hmm. but they don't necessarily have access to create everything that they want. We are creators in our space. Like Marcus is a culinary. He's not just somebody who you give him a recipe and he busts that out. Like he is the creator. He he's also somebody who can logistically pull off amazing things, like he just said. But you know, at our core, we're artists, and that's where you know I think that's where we've connected so well on on starting to bring this into fruition. Is that you know, it's, at the end of the day, it comes you know it starts with an idea. 
And then you have to be crazy enough to figure out how to put that idea into action. Right. And so, you know, nothing's off the table when it comes to <laughs> what we will give people. Okay. So okay. right now it's, you know, it's a dinner. It's a, you know, it's a party in a nightclub. It's a, you know, we just went to um, a private party in Coachella. It's called Green Oasis. And we provided the experience there for three days mm. for a number of the artists who are performing. Right. Every party, every experience that we create is different. Mm. You know, it's in a different space. And so we're, we're thinking about, okay, like, you know, if I was here attending this, what would make this amazing to me? Right. Well, you know, one of the aims with our podcast is to reach people in states like Illinois, Michigan, who are coming on, even like we were talking about earlier about Oklahoma and how they have medical all over the place. If you were trying to reach out to people who are doing what you want to do, who aim to do something like what you guys are doing, who never thought it was possible until they heard this podcast, what would be the pieces of advice that you think are necessary? Follow your heart and your stomach and your gut. (laughs) Whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only thing that Alex and I are doing is being true to ourselves. Uh-huh. And I think for people around the world and like kind of like the whole millennial generation, just like everything that's happening is like all the pretentiousness and the things that we were told that we were supposed to do. People are getting away from that. Do what the fuck that you want to do. And if you can do that and make some sort of monetary value behind that. Mm-hmm. But even bigger than that, if you can make yourself happy with, you know, with your side project, do it. But, but here's the thing. It's easy to say be who you are when you live in the East Bay. And if you live in um, Peoria, that's not the case. I mean, Collaborate is, is, my, is my, uh, my advice for people. Is so you can't do it by yourself, right? No one can do anything by themselves because that gets into the whole loneliness. Like you don't have anyone to to you know validate and to help you build you know whatever your vision is at the same time the man next to you or your best friend or whoever it might be also has a vision Mm -hmm. he's trying to do the same exact thing you are we live in a country where you are told from birth that it's all about you you have to make it you have to be somebody you know like you can be the best you like they point their finger at you and talk about you all the time You need a good community of people to come together to make anything possible. When I say collaborate, you know, it's important for people to connect and to build together. And, you know, you just you have so much more strength and unity. The weight of the world is crazy, you know, and a lot of people I feel like personally, because I know a lot of people who have a vision, but then they find themselves hitting their own limits or, you know, a ceiling that, you know, they may have set for themselves or it might just be dropped on them and they need somebody else to stand there with them and to help them break through. I know you do these interactions and you, you're dealing with people who can afford to have these experiences. Are there things that you're learning from them in these contexts or that they're learning from you in these contexts that they wouldn't necessarily otherwise? Oh, absolutely. Like what? Just from my own experience of being like, I've been saying like a black chef in the food industry and, just doing what I've known in like out in this area of the Bay Area. Um, there's always this this kind of subtlety of like, who the fuck is this guy or who is this person? And Are you just in a, on an implied level, you mean? Yeah. No. No. Absolutely. Um, and I feel like Alex gets the same thing because of just 
kind of who we are and our background is. Um, it's our duty to be. You don't come off like you're from Silicon Valley, like you were born and raised with a mm, silver spoon in your mouth. Well, you know what? They look at me. They, they first. What is the first thing that you see? You know, big hey, dude. Yeah, exactly. Chef. So coat. then, like, when I open my mouth, they're like, "Oh my god, I can communicate with him." Oh my god, this is. Who is this guy? Oh my god, <laughs> Lisa. <laughs> you know, but like, along with that. We have to be who we are. And it's kind of just like what Alex is saying. is like surround yourself with the community that is going to accept you. Because I am not necessarily accepted. People love me. People want to hear what I have to say. But I think it's for selfish reasons sometimes. It's, it's like, oh, well, we at least invited him. And, and, and we are inclusive. And like, this is kind of getting a little bit deeper than the question that you asked. But like... This is the Bay Area. This is the most racist place on this on this <laughs> earth, and I'm just keep it very real. I'm just keep it very real. So like with the experience that you we know have, what it is. It, it's sometimes it's harder to take liberal racism than the overt <laughs> conservative Ooh, racism. Nah, hell, <laughs> let me tell you, it's more hurtful. Oh in Lord, a lot of ways. <laughs> it is. I mean, if it we're is. gonna have the real talk, we should have it. Yeah, we're having a real talk right now. I'm probably gonna get in trouble, but I don't care. <laughs> I like trouble. You're in San Francisco. <laughs> You're in trouble. You like trouble. I, I like trouble, and that's what I—that's what we both live for. But it's like it's challenging the status quo. It's being real. It's being, you know, open and honest with your community. It's like Alex was saying. It's like find your people. We want to piss people off. We want to challenge the thought process that everybody has. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about the guy that lives in such and such Oklahoma. Why does he think that way? You know, and I've been doing a lot of thinking myself. I'm like, why do people think the way that they think? I don't think everybody is around enough people who are challenging them. In the black community that I grew up in, it's like I had a baby with a white woman. So when I go back home, they're like, oh, damn, you got a white girl. You know, <laughs> I asked my friend, I'm like, the fuck does that mean? <laughs> and he's like, I don't know. <laughs> you had a baby with a white girl. And I'm like. I loved her. She was a great person. Mm-hmm. Just like you love this person that you're with. Why is that a problem? Right. You know, and this is just my friend who I grew up with my whole life. But when you start to do that in a corporate meeting or boardroom or a, well, why can't we call our employees people instead of units? People start scratching their head and looking around the room and shit and getting all uncomfortable and stuff. And I'm just like. So when you're talking about these these people who, Oklahoma or D.C. or whatever, mm-hmm. you're, you're you're talking about reaching them on a level that is about transformation, mm-hmm. correct? And is that the the greater aim of what you guys are trying to do? I feel like that's what we're moving toward conversationally, more than yeah, making I mean, money. If we people. if we want to like talk about what we're doing, you know, we're right now we're building the model, like we're creating something that everyone idolizes right like celebrities and the lifestyle and like you know what they're able to do oh if i had bill you know millions of dollars and i could live this crazy lifestyle the people with money want to do the same shit that people without money want everyone wants to just have fun de-stress you know enjoy this short time that we're on this planet Mm -hmm. and you know we we want to give that experience to people and i think you know being in the bay area right we're around a lot of people that are very successful financially, and it's a great place to start and to find what this like fine-tuned, catered experience should look like. And then step two is to figure out, okay, now how do we not necessarily strip that down, but 
you know, tweak it to be able to bring that to the masses in a mm-hmm. way that is, mm-hmm. you know, logistically possible and, you know, ready to be accepted. I've seen, you know, I've spent a lot of time in my life trying to make money. And I've realized that money comes and goes so easily, but it was all those moments in between that were the most enjoyable experience. Like, honestly, like, m- money is not that fun. It's really not, <laughs> you know. But connecting with people, being able to, you know, like, give your art, give your soul to people, receive theirs back, like, that's that's what, you know. I mean, when we were all kids... We just wanted to, you know, run around and play sports and draw and make music. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what life's about. Mm-hmm. These people who've heard you talk about all the stuff you're doing, where can they find out about? It? Where's the best place best place for them to keep track of you? Right now we're a grassroots movement, but we will be creating a presence that people can can track soon. All I will say is, you know, if you're in the Bay Area, keep your ear to the streets. Mm-hmm. You know, visit visit our friends at Cloud Sesh. And visit you got, if you know somebody from four and twenty Blackbirds, they're definitely gonna hit you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Follow Chef Marky D on Instagram to stay up to date with everything that he's doing because he's an amazing chef and some of Loud Vision's events and material is gonna be up there. Um and that's a great way to um I mean you guys should everyone should reach out and just you know, check in on what my chef right here is doing, my main man, because he is doing a lot of amazing things, some of which are completely unrelated to what we just talked about today, but nevertheless, they're amazing. Marcus Colbert, you are the chef of the hour. Thank you for coming in. Alex, I'm not even going to say your last name. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for coming. I really appreciate the time, man. Thank you for having us and uh, sitting down and just having a real conversation because... There's not enough of those. All right. That's our show for today. And we want to talk, uh, just before we say goodbye, have you checked out our Patreon page? Yeah. So we've got great swag and a special podcast episode every month. And we just want to give a shout out to some of our new Patreon supporters. Leandro. Thank you, Leandro. Nicholas. Enjoy all the uh, content. It's really good content. I'm glad to have you. and, And Erica. So thanks so much. And contribute on patreon some of those people came in at higher than the two dollar level so they're seeing extra goodies yeah they're getting great stuff yeah but but thanks it's a it's a community and we're really seriously actually happy to have you being part of it thanks so much and if you want to join the community patreon.com slash weed week for lots more cannabis news you can sign up for the weed week newsletter weed week canada and weed week california all at weedweek.net and they're free as always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Weed Week News or email us at hello at weedweek.net. I'm Alex Hopper. And I'm Donnell Alexander. Our producers, Hannah Smith and Alicia Byer, wrote our theme music. Additional music is from the late, great Andre Bush. We'll see you here next week.